Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is brought to you in part by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the choice for the world's best entrepreneurs, embracing technology to solve some of the greatest challenges. Good morning. We often tell our loved ones to be safe when they go out. But what does it mean? How do we help children and adults protect themselves? Our guest today, Lorna Selig, is the president of Safe for Life. She is here to share with us about the physical dangers to be aware of and, more important, how to defend ourselves. Good morning, Lorna. Good morning, David. Good morning, Tara. Good morning, good, good morning. Good to see you after a week. Yeah. <laughs> You know, um, Lorna, you have a really interesting story, and I, I want to start off there with how you actually got to being the owner and uh, president of Safe for Life. Well, thank you, Tara and uh, David. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys today. Um, yeah, I do have an interesting story. So when I was uh, a teenager, I was just shy of my 17th birthday. I was actually assaulted um, at, a, uh, at a party by uh, someone that I had um, not known well, but I'd met before. And uh, at the time, I really did nothing. Um, I, because I didn't know what I was going to do. And so, um, when it finally occurred to me that I had to take a step, uh, to stop this before it, um, you know, got to a point where there was no turning back, uh, I did manage to, um, leave that situation. But following that, I did nothing. I never told a soul. I went back to, um, the gathering where, um, all of this event had happened. Um, my heart was pounding out of my chest. I, I could hardly see. I could hardly breathe. I was so uh, shaken up and traumatized by the event, but I, I said nothing to nobody. Mm. I was, um, I, I, I thought I had done something wrong, that I had done, should have done something different. The bottom line was I said nothing to nobody. And then at the time, uh, so fast forward, Seven or eight years later, I was uh, downtown Calgary, and I was using a valet car service. I was um, at a going to a nightclub, and I'd use a valet car service. And I had gone to uh, pick my vehicle up the next day, and um, lo and behold, a similar situation happened um, in in the with the valet at, at the um, in the in this parking lot. So uh, it was sort of at that time that I went, "Holy smokes!" I I just why has this happened again? You know, the whole emotion of it all and the whole uh, fear and kind of uh, confusion of it all comes back. And um, at that time, so I was already uh, working in Calgary and I've worked for a long time with um, family and community social services organizations. And at that stage, I was working with teens and, and young, um, young girls about, uh, and we were talking about ways that we can kind of keep ourselves safe and protected and so we would do various um, activities and stuff. But um, when my youngest son was in a kindergarten program, we had uh, a, a company came in and offered the um, uh, program for younger children to his class. And I sat in on it thinking, oh, this is kind of cool. You know, what are they going to teach? But when I was in there, I, I saw the format and the structure of the class and the messaging to the kids. And I went, holy smokes, this is, this is amazing. And so I got in touch with the woman that owned the company. And I said, um, 
I, I want to learn this. I want to come and train with you. And so the owner of the company at that time, she was a former city of Calgary police officer. And um, she had a great program for kids and teens and adults. And so I just worked and trained with her for, you know, nine or 10 years. And then in 2014, she came to me um, and asked if I uh, wanted to buy the company. And so, you know, like many, you know, all of a sudden entrepreneurs are, you just kind of go, oh, um, uh, uh, okay. And so, but my passion for the work and the, um, I guess the watching the participants who after, you know, two or three or four hours would come into our program and her program, of course, at the time, and just leave with just such a, a um, sense of um, amazing confidence and peace of mind and shoulders back, head up, knowing that, you know, I've got this, you know, I can walk down a street or through a parkade and know what I need to do um, because uh, they've had the opportunity to practice it in the context of that program. And, um so it was just a great opportunity for me, and I've been uh, doing it for, well, since 2014. That's what, seven, six, seven years? Seven years. Yeah. Yeah. So. And you still, uh, it seems that you still enjoy it. I love it. I love it <laughs> every single time. I, and again, it's the people that come to these programs, you know, lots of times they might be, you know, hesitant or uncertain or withdrawn, or lots of times they're survivors of some um, event, or they know somebody who has been close family member contact and and so we sort of put them through um, a real um, specific set of um, skill building exercises and they come out just going holy smokes I've got this Lorna you 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 hit the nail on the head when you said that we all know someone mm -hmm. that went through it and someone close or someone a little bit less close to, to us and uh, what I want to ask is um, and I'm as a man here between with two good-looking women what is the connection between the emotional strength and the physical strength? Well, I think, I think it's all about that connection, right? I think we need to believe um, that we can do it. We need to believe it emotionally. We need to believe it mentally. We have a very um, specific um, part of our training that we call mental toughness. And, and it's sort of based on the belief that... Um, Really, when we visualize something and when we re rehearse it um, with the intention of having that positive outcome, the chances of us actually getting there are way more significant than if you have that, uh, have the attitude that you can't do it, right? And so we pair that um, emotional preparedness, the safety mindset with the physical skills of how are you going to get out of a break hold. Um, and we talk about um, putting those skills together. We um, speak lots about the importance of using your voice and shouting and, and screaming loudly to attract attention when you are in that situation. Um, we, we talk about the importance of fighting back. And, and even if, you know, you can't get a good, you know, fist to the nose or karate top to the chin, if you're, if you're able to, you know, wiggle and move and, and, um, you know, not let them get a solid hold on you, all the while knowing that um, mental and emotional connection of, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. Um, it's, it's pretty significant, pretty powerful. You mentioned earlier that when you were first assaulted, mm -hmm. 
you felt a little bit of what's wrong with me. You were not sharing with it. And I hear this story all the time. Mm-hmm. It's the most common story I hear every time in the news, media, me too. It was all about, I was ashamed. I, was, I thought something, how we change this narrative with women that in today's world, if something like this happened, immediately come out. Absolutely. And, and I think we need to talk more. We need to do a better job of sharing our stories. But I also know that the um, trauma and the re-traumatization that comes from sharing your stories is so significant that many times um, uh, women aren't even, and, and I will actually say men as well, uh, aren't even willing to, to talk about it because it is traumatizing. It is shameful. It is um, self-blame. I think that um, I, I'm not sure if there is a way to stop um, that victimization except to give women and men the skills and the confidence to um, act out against it before it gets to that place where that assault really is is a full-on attack. And, and again, it's on a continuum, right? So, so on, on the sort of one end of the continuum might be a, a cat call or a whistle or a, you know, a, a comment from somebody driving by that feels um, uncomfortable and feels, you know, in, in some ways kind of icky or gross or whatever that, however we would label that, all the way up to the other end of the continuum is a full-on physical, sexual, violent attack. And and how I respond on that continuum might be different than how you respond, David, and certainly how you might respond, Tara, because we we don't know what um, what our own kind of orientation to uh, that kind of comfort is, right? And so while I might not be offended by somebody that you know whistles as I walk past or you know makes some kind of gesture, you might be. Right. And and I think we have to recognize that trauma happens for us um, at so many different levels and and people react to it differently. And and I think if we can just teach confidence and empowerment um, just at a really broad and generalized kind of level, I think that that we get to that place where um, trauma is is less significant. Lorna Selig is our guest today, the president of Safe for Life. Um, she will continue to join us after the break and we'll find out who, who is taking these courses and how can we get involved. Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is sponsored in part by Canadian Western Bank. Obsessed with your success. It's time to partner with a bank that sees the world the same way you do. Visit cwbank.com. Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is brought to you in part by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the choice for the world's best entrepreneurs, embracing technology to solve some of the greatest challenges. We're back with Lorna Selig, president of Safe for Life. So I saw, Lorna, that you have clients as young as three. What are you teaching them about safety? Why is that important? 
Well, with little children of that age, um, it is important for them to recognize um, that they too uh, sense danger from unsafe people in unsafe environments. We all know, you know, the little child that hides behind, you know, mom or dad's leg, um, doesn't feel comfortable giving a hug to someone. Um, That child is um, acting on their intuition and not feeling safe in that environment for whatever reason. And so what we teach them, uh, the little kids in that class, it's all set up almost like a mother goose uh, kind of um, situation where we have a big book and we teach them the safety cheer, the no-go yell tell. We talk to them about that oh in their tummy and what they need to do when it happens. Um, many, many children of preschool ages phone 911. So we talk with them about how do you do that? And why would you do that? Um, we talk with them about the importance of keeping private parts private. We, um, in the classes for the little children, we invite the parents to come because much of this information, obviously, when they leave our class, it falls to the parents to have those ongoing conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the um, parents are in part of that or in those classes, they really do get a sense of how to have those conversations, how to start those conversations. What do, what can they be about? We have songs and rhymes and the parents kind of take those with them um, at the end and, and at the end of the class. And really it, it is just the beginning of the conversation that in, in my estimation really needs to happen lifelong. You know, these need to be dinner conversations that we have with our family members all the time. So when you're focused now in a group, what is the biggest scare you see out there when, when we leave the house or leave the office? Um, I think the biggest fear, I think, is um, probably many people are afraid of being attacked. Um, and honestly, the, the fear is that surprise, right? Somebody's going to grab you from behind. And... And our approach is to be prepared, be alert, um, tune in to what's going on in your environment so that you aren't surprised. And instead, you want to use that element of surprise on that perpetrator and, and let that person um, not get that hold on you because you're going to react quickly and you're going to react effectively so that that attack doesn't even have a chance to start. And so David brought this up earlier about the the mental side of this, right? And the emotional side of this, because I'm always worried that uh, I talk to my girls about this and, and my son as well. And it's about what if I freeze, right? So is this by having, the, by practicing over and over, is that what helps us Exactly. Eliminate that freeze. Exactly. Exactly. And so you think about, well, I often, you know, I use the example of jumping off a cliff. When you, when you get to the edge of a cliff, 99% of us are going to go, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to do this? And so you stand there and, and you're frozen, right? Mm. Um, but if you jump off that cliff over and over and over again, even in your mind, when you actually come up the next time to jump off that cliff, you you aren't going to freeze because you've already been through the exercise. You've already know what it feels like to get to the end. So in our classes, we actually have uh, someone who dresses up in a blue padded suit and attacks you and takes you to the mat and and you 
practice in the safety and, and supportive kind of arena, if you will, you practice um, quickly what it is that you need to do to get out of that. And our attacker will hold you until you shout loud enough and hit hard enough that in a real life situation, that attacker would truly let go. And again, once we put people in that situation and they can practice it and they can practice it over and over. Sometimes we have people going in two and three and four and five times on the mats with the, with our, our blue man. Um, and then we encourage them to practice that whole uh, scenario again in their, in their head, visualizing it and always getting to that successful outcome. It's very powerful. How long are the classes then? How, how many weeks are you going? So they're one-time classes. So we oh, okay. do, it's about a four-hour session. Again, depending on the number of people in the class, um, we typically can do up to about 20 people. That's about a three to three and a half hour session. If we do, uh, if we have more people, we can do a longer session. Right now, um, in the middle of our, you know, world, we um, are doing smaller groups of about 10 people, just because that kind of falls in line with whatever Alberta Health Services regulations tell us. Um, but we come in and do the exact same program, and it's about a two and a half hour um, session. Uh, just, yeah, it's, uh, it's very empowering. You know, uh, going back to your previous uh, answer um, to Tara's question, uh, I come from Israel, and I served in the Israeli Defense Forces. Right. And one of the slogans we have as soon as we join the Army in, tra- in basic training is, hard in training, easier in combat which goes back to what you explained. The, the more time you practice it, the less chances for you to freeze when it happens. So I, I see that, yeah. like the value of that. Uh, and so if you have, is there a certain demographics that comes to your classes or it's every walks of life, every gender, every whatever yep. the, the case may be? Well, true. And it is every gender. We find, um, um, much of the time, obviously, it's women, um, and and in our society, it is women that tend to be a bit more vulnerable, not even a bit more, significantly more vulnerable, um, and so they're often the ones that come. I I find that um, interestingly enough, professional women um, come for themselves and they bring their children. So women in and around about the age of 40, between about 35 to maybe 40-ish, 45, um, come uh, to train themselves. But they also recognize that need for their children. We do many, many classes of mixed... um, Parents and children. Parents and children, yeah. We do classes um, in schools where we have, um, you know, males and females mixed. Um, We do classes actually for seniors. That's another uh, demographic that we do see. Uh, You know, especially seniors who are probably living alone, um, going on their own to grocery shop or maybe taking a bus or, um, you know, taking uh, either ride share or taxis or whatever. Um, and so they also are. are um, and do you see this industry growing and more and more people kind of go and take those uh, trainings? 
We, so um, unfortunately, there, there is always a demand for self-defense training. I mean, I wish we could work our way out of work. Um, that would be a great outcome. <laughs> I mean, honestly, right? Wouldn't that be awesome if nobody else assaulted anybody and if, if we didn't find ourselves in those situations? I don't know that that's ever going to happen. I, w- I wish that there was no longer a need uh, for training like ours. I mean, I, I love that people can come and, and be empowered and confident and, and leave there with heads held high. Again, unfortunately, there is a need. What have you heard from former clients who maybe f- unfortunately find themselves in that situation how has your training helped them? Well, so studies show, um, and, and specifically, I, I mean, that's a really interesting question, Tara, because um, I've never gone back to former clients and said, so, you know, I've never done that study myself. That would be a great exercise. I do know we have had parents call us back after the fact, though, um, where their kid has maybe been in Home Depot after they've taken one of our classes, has gotten lost, and you know, did exactly the uh, strategy that we teach these kids to do if they're lost. Um, parents have called us back and said, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm just, you'd never believe it. Guess what happened, right? <laughs> Which is really cool. Um, statistics though show that people who take some kind of self-defense training um, and, and within and are attacked or confronted or approached or, um, you know, some sort of um, assault of behavior is kind of presented upon them within five years of that time. Within about 90% of the time, they can defeat and kind of avoid or escape that attack before it ever even really gets to that stage where it's it's damning, right? And damaging. Thank you so much. Our guest this morning was Lorna Selig, president of Safe for Life. And we hope uh, that everybody will be safe for life and enjoy life. Thank you so much, Lorna, for being here. Thank you, Tara. Thank you. And thank you, Lorna. Awesome. Thanks very much. Calgary Next with Tara McCool and David Wallach is sponsored in part by Canadian Western Bank. Obsessed with your success. It's time to partner with a bank that sees the world the same way you do. Visit cwbank.com.